Hello, patrons. It is I, Anna, writer and director and your own personal court jester. I have some very special thanks to give out to some very special new patrons. Specialist thanks to Brandy Johnson, Alex, Kay, Kinetic Hornet, and FT Freddy FZ, which I think is an abbreviation for featuring Freddy Fazbear. I keenly await your mixtape, Mr. Fazbear. Thank you all so much for joining our Patreon. We would not be able to do so many of the cool things that we do without you. If you would like to help us do cool things, like enter awards programs, make more shows, and eat, consider signing up for a monthly subscription at patreon.com slash findusalive. Thank you for listening and enjoy the episode. Research log number Overseen by Dr. Masterson. Subjects SCP-6320-3, instances A and B. The following testing is designed to concretely determine the anomalous status of instance B. Site-107 research hopes to use the differences in behavior between instances A and B to ascertain a possible cure for the anomalies-3 effect, and to define a boundary between anomalous and non-anomalous in this case. As behavior analysis of the subjects has yielded inconclusive results, upper management has greenlit the use of more invasive methods of testing under acting site director Alves. Approximately three hours ago, Dr. Gravit and the medical department began a procedure on Agent Nari Love. They will be using a catheter and a few different medical scanning devices to extract the blood from around Love's brain and hopefully close the rupture. It is speculated that this process will take several more hours. While it may not technically qualify as important foundation business, it has had a noticeable impact on morale. Soon after Agent Love's surgery began, I'm sure you'll be much more interested to hear. Research started invasive testing on Lancaster. Ah shit, sorry. I mean instance 3B. Lancaster. And D1. You know who I'm talking about. Oh, they're gonna make me read it all out once it's over. <clears throat> Apologies. I'm straying from my professionalism, forgive me. I will report further details as things develop. How you doing over there? Did you turn your walkie off again? Okay, let's try something else. How are you doing? Yep. Can you turn your walkie on? Thank you. I speak faster than I type. I think it's good that you're doing this. Maybe it'll help the time pass a little faster. Is anybody up there with you right now? You don't have to, you know. If you get lonely or bored in there, you can always... Come up there. Right now. Okay, alright! I'll be up there. Just give me a moment to f do a... 
Oh, who am I kidding? I'm not doing anything important anyways. I'll be right there. Site107 research has noticed a significant discrepancy between Instance 3A's behavior and that of Instance 3B. Due to the difference in the anomalous development of both subjects, staff originally attributed these variations to alternate strategies informed by the subject's human personalities. Instance 3A, formerly D1, was originally derived from an inmate charged with a multitude of violent crimes, including a triple homicide. Instance 3B, by contrast, has no record of violent behavior. Research suspected that 3B's apparent mundane behavior while in custody may be a strategy to lure containment personnel into a false sense of security as a means of escape, but recent events have brought this hypothesis under scrutiny. Previous testing included providing both instances with access to tools they could use to create an instance of SCP-6320-1, including sand, chalk, and dyed water. Instance 3A took these items immediately until restrained by security personnel. Contrarily, Instance 3B, provided with the same array of tools, did not so much as touch a single one, even when left alone in the testing chamber. An additional test introduced an instance of SCP-6320-2 into the same testing chamber as instances 3A and B. Although paranaturally formed, Dash-2 instances have been observed hostile to non-anomalous humans. They did not display hostility toward either instance 3A or B. Radiga, are you still in there? Can I come in? Thanks. Why are some of the screens off? Oh, yes. I wouldn't want to watch it either. I'll have to read the test log anyway, though. Yeah. I think he'll be alright. I hope he will. I'm surprised you asked. I thought you still hated him at the moment. Oh. I hope you'll forgive the assumption then. You mean what is she doing with the testing? She's not as far as I'm aware. I was under the impression she opted out of overseeing it. Oh, she is? Really? That's... It, it's real. Where? Where is it happening? How can you not know? You know where everything is. You're a wizard at it. They cover the cameras? And you haven't told anybody? Oh. I suppose it isn't my business either. Can you uncover them, though? I really want to see what goes on in there. Does Klein... Does she... You know... Participate. Ah, uh, well... <laughs> I'll ask her later, then. Instances of SCP-6320-3 have been created by two observed avenues, direct physical contact with the anomaly, and by the formation of an injury into a Dash-1 instance. 
It is noted that human blood, like other fluids, acts as a conduit for the anomaly's self-replicating ability. As Site-107's capacity for human experimentation is still extremely limited, further investigation into this as a possible source of Dash-3 instances is pending. Test 1. D2 chosen as control subject. All subjects restrained. Local anesthesia applied to the forearm. Small incisions made into the inner wrists of each subject. Medical personnel on standby. Blood from all wounds collected and observed by research personnel for one hour. Blood from subjects 3A and 3B showed no anomalous behavior. Blood collected from subject D2 began formation of a Dash 1 instance after 16 minutes. Incomplete Dash 1 instance dispelled by staff. The inflicted injuries were likewise observed for one hour. Control subject D2, although numbed by a local anesthesia, reported a slight sensation at the location of the injury. Staff observed anomalous expansion and branching of the incision, which was promptly halted by cauterization. No anomalous movement detected in the injuries of subjects 3A and 3B. Personal log, Beatrix Klein. Shouldn't have let that thing stick around this long. But you can't exactly blame us, right? It's not like we've got a ton of free time to handle it, have we? If anybody had reminded Alves, it would have been Radiger. But she wasn't going to do that. Kind of would have thought she'd go destroy it herself, but maybe that would remind her too much about love. Anyway, the anamorphic Dash 1 in Lancaster's office. The one Lank managed to put up without any of us noticing. The one that flooded the site a while back. Feels kind of stupid that none of us knew he was doing it. He was real cagey and everything, but God. Maybe I should have just forced him to talk. If I had known. Hindsight's 20-whatever. <clears throat> I'm gonna go take care of it. I gotta find something to do right now or I'm gonna go crazy. So here we sit, bathed in the blue-gray light of the surveillance monitors, accompanied by the orchestra of the technology around us. The breath of man's progress. Our conquest over science. I look at the phone in my hand and I wonder to myself, what happens to people's phone bills when they die? What is going to happen to mine if they ever find out I'm not really dead? Outside of here, we have access to nearly all our species' knowledge, right at our fingertips. And what do we do with it? I miss the internet, but I don't. I yearn for the ease, the connection, but more so, I yearn for the sun, the sky, air cleaned by the green on the earth, not by a machine. I think of the... Yes, Radiger. I am very weird. None will deny this simple fact of the universe. <sighs> Sorry about that. I think so much, and most of the time it barely seems useful at all. And I'm sorry about all of this. <laughs> I'm tired too. 
It feels like we've been going non-stop since the last reset. I'm exhausted. <sighs> Neither do I. But I trust Gravit. Or, I want to. God knows she still terrifies me. But she knows what she's doing, so we don't have to talk about that yet. It can wait until we know for certain. I miss her too. I miss all of them. You're lucky we've all been so preoccupied. Don't look at me like that. You knew I'd have to kill you eventually. Fuck, I forgot how big you were. God, Link, you sure made a mess when you lost it. Well, time to go, Dash One. Adios. Let's see if I can do this without setting anything on fire. Boom. Like it was never there. And you, Mr. Blowtorch, are going back to the lab. I have a previous engagement, and I don't think you'll be welcome around that much violence and alcohol. Subject 3B has remained largely cooperative throughout the duration of the tests. Site-107 research personnel face an understandable level of trepidation in regards to experimentation on Subject 3B, due to its former status as a member of Foundation staff. In ordinary circumstances, a team without this level of familiarity and personal connection would be chosen to conduct the experiments. But, as with most things, Site-107 does not have the staff to spare. Throughout initial invasive testing, Subject 3B spoke very little, occasionally asking research personnel the purpose of each test. Various members of research made a few attempts at general conversation with Subject 3B, but the subject seemed overall unreceptive. Subject 3B's attitude changed significantly when the topic of conversation turned to the status of Agent Nari Love's current medical condition. If I were you, I might be worried about missing Dash 1s in all those rooms where the cameras are off. No, I'm technically off hours, first of all, but I don't have anything to report anyway. I'm not even reporting at all, really. No one's listening. I know that. And I think even if they were, nobody cares enough about the site to try getting us out. <laughs> yeah. Fuck them. I'll be honest, I'm trying not to think about it. Well, Klein said they were going to torture him. I don't know what that entails. Can we talk about something else? Well, let's go get him then. <laughs> not Lancaster. Dumb truck. You said yourself. He's not being actively guarded. They probably don't even have his security level set that high. It's not like he can escape. All this is distracted with the testing, so is research. Klein is... Going to the fight club? Half of the cameras are out. I'm sure we could sneak him out of there. Even if it was only for a few hours. Radiger, you are security. I think most of them will be on your side. Did you give Haldi's card back yet? 
so it won't be a problem to get in. Besides, Dump Truck is harmless. The worst they can do is put him back in containment. I'm sure he'll be happy to see Love when she's out of surgery, too. No, that's what I'm talking about. Following the testing on blood and injury sites, subjects 3A and D2 were released back to their normal accommodations after being cleared by medical staff. Because 3A's urges to create Dash 1 instances are seemingly constant, participation in the final test was deemed redundant. Subject 3B was the only participant. Oh, Chris, Radiger, slow down. How do you walk that fast? Your legs are so long. Subject 3B was restrained to a chair in the testing chamber. Due to the unpredictability and the potential danger of the situation, all research staff watched the procedure from the observation booth. The test was conducted by acting head of security, Officer Halby, accompanied by officers Rojas and Wayne. Nobody's looking. The coast is clear. Hey, how'd you get Halby's card in the first place? The goal of the final test was to induce enough physical stress to force a reaction consistent with the Dash 3 behavior of Subject 3A, or else prove a lack of such behaviors entirely. Hey, do you know which chamber they're doing Lancaster's testing? Of all possible methods, research, together with the medical and psychology departments, decided on use of the security's standard-issue tasers for the test, due to the comparatively lower risk of long-term physical and psychological damage to the subject. It was one of the soundproof ones, wasn't it? Subject 3B was fully cooperative with staff during this process. We should have gone earlier. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm never going to be able to unhear that scream. Yeah, I hope so too. Klein told me he's doing it so he can visit Love when she gets out of surgery. I think people are wrong when they say humans are selfish by nature. Maybe we are a little, but it must balance out. Otherwise, we wouldn't do things like this. Then again, I can't think of a time I've ever done something like that for someone I love. Oh, look at you. You slept in the hall waiting for her door to open. Lancaster volunteered to be tortured to see her, and I... I've just been avoiding it entirely. I must say something about me, I'm sure. Maybe I'm a coward. Lancaster would fight through anything, and I'm here drinking and pretending I don't see any of it. I never had any grandparents when I was growing up. One of them died before I was born, two of them when I was too young to really remember. My mothers didn't speak to the last one. I don't know if saying this is perverse somehow, but maybe if they had lived longer, I wouldn't be so afraid of death. But I don't know. I don't know if I'm afraid of dying anymore. Maybe I'm more afraid of being left behind. My mom died. I'm sorry. I was 17. So you just had her and... No, Dad. Never knew him. It was just us. What happened? Sepsis. 
Jesus. Hmm. Why are you telling me this? You're not a coward. They're done. Which? Both. Are you okay? Hmm. Do you want us to leave you alone? No. Okay. I'll stay right here. They'll bring her out soon. What happened to you? Somebody threw a bottle. Where? Why? When? In a minute. They're just finishing up. You okay? Eh, I'm alright. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they said it was as successful as it could have been. She's still in a coma. Yeah, she's not... Uh... Awake. Is that it, then? You're out? I'm out. Did they? I don't want to talk about it. Episode 40 was written and produced by Anna McGuire. The voice of Harley is Logan Laidlaw. The voice of Klein is Tosh Ritter. The voice of Lancaster is Jackson McMurray. The voice of Radiger is Anna McGuire. Original music by Jackson McMurray. If you like our show and want to support us, follow us on Twitter at Site107 or visit findusalivepodcast.com. This podcast, along with all content relating to the SCP Foundation, is released under a Creative Commons Sharealike 3.0 license. Thank you for listening. <laughs>